Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Joining me on today's episode is Christine Del Regno, who is the head of global talent acquisition at Paul Life Sciences. Christine, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Nice, bright, sunny day here in Rhode Island. And yes, uh, excited to answer some questions. Awesome. Great to have you on. So, Christine, as you know, the purpose of this podcast is to share interesting jobs and professions uh, with my fellow students at Babson. And, you know, of course, your, your job profile really stands out. So I'm just going to jump right into it. What exactly do you do, Christine? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I will answer that in kind of three parts, but just know, no two days are the same, right? As you've probably heard from other people. Um, but I do support global talent acquisition. I lead a team of 15 people um, across APAC, EMEA, and the Americas. Uh, so my day gets started pretty early because East Coast is obviously a little bit behind APAC and EMEA. So when I wake up, I, I usually have um, emails and um, things to do with, with my global team. Um, we hire across uh, three key talent segments. So we typically hire in the operations, sales or commercial, and STEM areas. Um, and Paul Corporation is an operating company of Danaher. We're one of 22 operating companies. Um, and we are primarily in the life science business, but we also have an industrial business. And with the recent pandemic, um, of course, the industrial business has been hit a little bit harder with uh, travel and aerospace and oil and gas industries um, being impacted. But our life science business is, is very much thriving, our biotech business. Um, we were actually just featured on CBS for mm -hmm. ramping up some of our manufacturing um, capabilities uh, to help with the COVID vaccines. So we're really excited about wow. that. We have a consortium going with Oxford right now. Um, so there's just a lot of great work that is underway at Paul. It is a 10,000 person opco of Danaher and we're 3.2 billion in revenue. Yeah, so a typical day. So I typically yeah. get started really early. Luckily, I'm a morning person, but I, I get up um, early. I try and do a Peloton workout for those of you who are Peloton fans. I absolutely love that app. Um, but I get started around 637 and uh, do emails and like I said, have team conversations um, across EMEA and in, in some cases um, in APAC as well. And we lead, we have um, a DBS culture at Danaher, which is Danaher business system, and it's very much rooted in lean principles. So there is a standing daily management meeting I have weekly with the team, um, and we run through all of our open positions, any that are aging. We look at KPIs, which one of our KPIs is diversity slates. So we look at all of that for um, a segment of our, our open positions. Um, then, because we are a DBS culture, I usually have at least one PSP, so that's a problem-solving process, again, a Danaher tool, mm -hmm. um, that we are actively working on either as um, a platform team, so as a life science platform team, or as an opco. Um, and, you know, we'll get together and work on solving problems together with either the business or HR, TA, um, and those are actually like great processes to go through. Um, and then we end up having some really, really interesting and, and actionable takeaways from that, that we can go focus on, on delivering to impact the results. 
Um, I also participate in strategic initiatives. So as a leader, I participate in the HR leadership team, as well as I'm participating in the global TA leadership team. Um, so there's diff different you know, strategies associated with being on both of those teams, different presentations that I share, um, educational materials. Um, I'll get into something that I'm most proud of in a little bit, but we've been pretty active in rolling out a new associate value proposition um, for our internal associates as well as our candidates. So just a lot of exciting, exciting things going on. It's very exciting times. Um, as everyone is aware, it's also challenging times. So we also do a lot to check in on our team, make sure they're feeling okay, doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, there's just, you know, everyone's on their own personal journey right now with the pandemic and, you know, ever-changing virtual schooling, homeschooling, hybrid schooling. It's just constantly um, changing. So, yeah, yeah, so we're trying to check in a lot with our team and make sure we have, you know, take our vacations, which has been a concern because mm -hmm. there has been nowhere to go. So, make, you know, make sure that we're checking in on the mental health of our associates and, and taking vacations ourselves as well. Are there, um, are there any other particular tools that your company uses to, um, like you said, like mental health? Is, is anything in particular you'll use or? Yeah, we do have an uh, um, employee assistant program mm -hmm. that we, we actively use. Um, we do have webinars as well. Um, we do have um, associate resource groups too. So, you know, for different populations who identify with those groups, they can be part of those. Um, we have mentoring. We're rolling out what we're calling a day of understanding at Danaher and every people leader will um, host a session with their team and they become very authentic in terms of, you know, what, where people are in their, their journey and knowing that there's just so much racial tension going on and, you know, just a lot of um, controversy out there. Um, yeah. It just helps people kind of share their own story. And it's been great to hear from senior leadership, just be so authentic about, you know, how they support DNI initiatives and, and even how some people have had their own, you know, pretty significant um, issues, you know, related to the tensions. So, Oh, um, so yeah, so we do do provide tools, but we also have very meaningful conversations with our associates on what they're going through. That's great to hear. It's, it's always nice to hear that you know the companies are looking after their employees, especially in these. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, so, we. I mean, we're trying, right? It's it's an ever changing situation. We also just rolled out our uh, 2020 engagement survey, and as part of the engagement survey, we're asking 11 questions focused on COVID. And we're going to use that data then to understand how we can even further support our associates. But that is definitely top of mind. Excellent. So Christine, for those listening to this podcast, um, you know, primarily students from Babson, could you, could you tell us a little bit about how you started out earlier in your career, um, your schooling and what led you to your current role? Yes, absolutely. So I actually have my master's in HR and industrial, industrial relations from the University of Minnesota. Um, so shout out to the Gopher fans out there. Um, and I started working for General Mills um, right out of grad school, um, actually did grad school part time. And then while I was going to grad school, I was working in HR. So I was building up my skill set. 
Um, and I've always loved, you know, not only the people side, but impacting business results. And how I ended up in talent acquisition is that when I was an HR business partner, which is how I started out my career, I always gravitated towards helping the business solve organizational and talent challenges. And so I had a conversation with my boss to say, I'm always helping the business with talent acquisition. Can I just go lead a team in talent acquisition? And you know, I really want to have a greater impact on the organization as it relates to talent. And so that's how I ended up in TA. That's um, why I'm at Paul Corporation. And I just love, you know, that side of HR, but yeah. I have done, you know, the full spectrum of HR business partnering as well. I think it's helpful to have multiple experiences in any single career that you have so that yeah. you get, you know, different sides of, you know, perspectives. And any advice for students getting into HR? Yes, absolutely. So HR is always, always, always changing. Um, and what I would say is, you know, be a business partner first. So understand how the business works and how you can impact the business from an HR perspective. And I always liked HR because I love being, um, you know, the intermediary between the business and people so that you can come to the best solution that supports the talent, the people, the culture, as well as drive the business forward. So I think you just have to have your own core purpose for whatever you're doing. Um, and that's really what's going to get you up every morning and keep you excited and engaged and continuing, you know, in your journey on your, on your career. Awesome. Yeah. So, Christine, so when you, when you, when you go to work, you, you've given us like a, uh, an outline of what you do at work. Is there, mm -hmm. and you know, of course your daily routine, but what, what uh, resources do you use to, to keep up to date? with current trends? Like are there any external resources outside your company that help you uh, just stay up to date with the latest trends? Yeah, so I'm a big LinkedIn fan, um, partly because I am a recruiter at heart, but partly because there's just a wealth of information on LinkedIn. Um, and it's pretty easy to scan LinkedIn for different you know, types of content that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and you can follow, you know, key influencers as well. So you can really stay focused on what's important to you. Um, also, HBR is, you know, a great resource in yeah. terms of just thinking more strategically. Um, you know, I think also just knowing what you're trying to learn more about and really trying to educate yourself. So in my position prior to Paul Corporation, I led diversity and early career recruiting. Um, and I had never done either one before. And so knowing that I was going into a space that I didn't know, I had to really spend time, my own personal time, researching diversity initiatives, diversity thought leaders, what does diversity mean? Because it means something different to everybody. Um, and I also had to do a lot of research on early careers because it's a different type of recruiting than experienced recruiting and building a early career intern program, leadership development program, you know, just requires, um, you know, some different levels of benchmarking. Yeah. So I, I just, I think know what you're trying to learn and then look at the sources that can best help you. Do, do, do you think you rely a lot on also an, like an informal network, speaking to your peers in different companies, your friends? Yes, yes. I was, that's, a, that's an excellent point as well. So I know it's a little bit harder without face-to-face -face networking, but I know there's a lot of different virtual networking options out there. 
And I would say absolutely, definitely have, you know, a network of colleagues. We call it like people on your board of directors Mm -hmm. that you can go to when you have either a decision to make or when you just want to bounce something off somebody, you know, absolutely. It should be within, within your company and outside your company because oftentimes your own company may not have thought of something that another company thought of. And I found even in the space of diversity and early careers, most companies are willing to share best practices. Like no one's holding back and saying, oh, we're doing this perfectly. You know, we have the model. We're not going to share it with anyone. Most people are, are absolutely willing to share. You just have to reach out and have something to offer as well. Um, you know, and I did many, many just benchmarking calls with other companies and I never got turned down, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's excellent. And that, that also leads to like the, my next question, which is how things have changed now during the pandemic and especially networking, right? And how you, how you mentioned that things have, we've had to move online. We, we haven't had uh, any choice. But again, for, yeah. for, the, for, the, for the students listening to this and, you know, we're all going to be looking for jobs uh, in a year when we graduate. And the, the reality is a lot of the interview process now is going to be online. Is there, is there anything that, that we can do to make the experience better? Because you, you do lose some of that, uh, that experience when it's face-to-face, you can you know, read the person, the body language, you can answer accordingly. But is, is there anything we can do to um, make it feel more normal? In your opinion. Yeah, yeah. I know there's probably, you know, best practices out there about how to do virtual interviewing. I would say try and approach it the same way as an in-person interview. Look people in the eye, be authentic, dress like you would for an interview, you know, treat it most like you would as an in-person interview. Um, I think, you know, this is probably the norm for the near future and maybe even beyond, right? Because companies now are realizing, oh, we can get kind of the same work done just as effectively. So we do kind of have to work in this virtual virtual norm. Um, I would say too, use your network, reach out to people, even if they're on LinkedIn and they're a connection, if they work at the company, get the inside story of what it's like to work there, what's the culture like, because you still want to choose a company based on where you're going to be successful. And we have a saying in HR that there's no bad employees, there's just bad fits. So make sure you know, you know, is this going to be the right culture for me? Am I going to be successful? So ask those, you know, types of questions so you can investigate the opportunity and make sure you're, you're making the right decision for yourself. Um, I think, too, understand what the company is doing for COVID. It, you know, if, if the company is taking that seriously, if they're supporting their employees, they're going to do that in any time, not just a pandemic time. So, you know, understand kind of what some of their responses have been um, to that situation. Um, I mean, for us, we are work from home. We've been work from home since, since March. The company has been really supportive of making sure that all their employees are safe. That's their number one priority. Um, they said we'll be work from home until there is a new vaccine, which is not until next year. Um, (laughs) we do have teams calls, you know, I know there's this thing out there now, this team fatigue, you know, or zoom fatigue. Um, but we do try and make them fun. We've been doing probably more team building than we've ever done before. And just like virtual cooking sessions and virtual workout tips and 
virtual happy hours. And um, we even did our own Paul Olympics mm -hmm. um, because there was no Olympics this year. So, you know, I would say those types of things make it fun and make it a good way for you to even connect. I know there's so many friend, you know, Zoom ideas out there too. Yeah. Um, I know like wineries are doing virtual wine tastings, like just keep connected with people and it, we're going to come back to more of a face-to-face -face norm, I think at some point in the future, but you know, for now, this is the way of the world. So, yeah. and it does make it, you're able to connect with so many more people this way. So that's also helpful. It's pretty interesting the amount of initiatives the company is taking to, to keep everyone, you know, motivated and happy. Yeah, it's been fun. We did karaoke. We did, we dressed up in our 80s, you know, theme hair and makeup, and um, we've done trivia, we've done a ton, you know, just a ton of different stuff, um, and honestly, we wouldn't do that if we were in the office, so that, that has been pretty fun, and a great way to engage people outside of just being on, you know, work calls. And, and how, how long have you been working for now, Christine? So I have been with Paul for one year. Just got my one-year service anniversary. Congrats. Yes. What's, uh, what's been your favorite moment at work so far, like the most impactful moment like that you can take a yes. look at year? Yes. I mentioned it earlier. So when I first joined, we were initiating the process to roll out a brand-new associate value proposition, mm -hmm. um, which is really an EBP if you may have heard of. Um, but it's really the company brand. Um, and I'm super proud that we rolled that out. We were one of the first opcos at Danaher to roll that out, and it has been met with really high praise from the business, the leaders, candidates. You can check it out on LinkedIn. Um, but it, it really ties to the legacy of Paul, and Paul's been around for 80 years, um, science-based company, so we really tied it right back into the legacy of Dr. Paul. Um, but we've never had an associate value proposition. Um, we never had any branding on our career site. We, it was literally, um, you know, kind of a picture of marbles probably from, you know, 40 years ago. So the fact that we were able to create this globally, we're in 80 site locations um, in 30 countries and have it resonate with such a, a broad audience um, and have, you know, just such engaged, high engagement results from it was pretty pretty exciting that's, that's awesome um, I, I, and I, I could not have done that without the team I mean the team really provided all of the feedback the input we got you know we did over 2,000 surveys we did uh, in-depth interviews focus groups so it's it's been a huge team effort yeah um, do, do, do you find do you find it difficult sometimes like you said when you wake up in the mornings and you have to work with you know like with, with APAC, for example, and uh, in Asia, the, the, the time difference, right? But do you think uh, having moved online, has it been some sort of benefit at all? Like there's more, more interactions, more meetings happening now, which, which wouldn't really happen. People would be more hesitant to do it earlier. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think people are much more willing to connect on a meeting, you know, than in the past. It was probably more email mm -hmm. driven. Um, so I, I definitely see that as a benefit. I think the downside to that, though, is there's no um, start finish to your day. Yeah. So you have to control that a little bit more. And when you're working at home, 
kind of have to separate, okay, I'm not going to check in on my work computer, you know, on the weekends, you have to like make those boundaries for yourself. Um, but I definitely think, you know, the, the ability to do virtual meetings and, you know, has, has made it a lot easier for people to participate. And so more people are participating in the meetings as well. Has that, has that impacted uh, hiring though? Because just to give you my perspective, in, in our college, we have a diverse group of people from all over the world. And I think more than 50% of our class are international students, myself included. One problem that we see when we apply for jobs is, you know, as you may know, is a, is a visa problem, right? We might not get a visa, the very limited amount of visas here. So um, it's very, very tough out there. But now that things are moving uh, online and we can work remotely, has, has this been an angle that the companies explored where you can hire someone, they can go back to the home country and work from there? Or is is it too soon for that? Yeah, no, no. So yeah, so there's there's definitely, you know, some challenges. Although we, if we did face a little bit of resistance early on from leaders that wanted to do face-to-face -face interviews and we weren't able to do that because, you know, we were all work from home and, you know, we couldn't go into our site locations. So that we've overcome. And I think the other benefit to that is we've been able to influence leaders to think more globally since we are in 80 sites, 30 countries. Um, do we have to have the talent sit in the same location that you're in? Because at this point, we're all Zoom and virtual. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been able to even put locations, it could be based in EMEA or based in the US, it could be based in APAC or EMEA, as long as they can be productive with the time zones. So you do bring up a great point around, you know, APAC can't necessarily um, manage somebody on the West Coast, you know, or somebody that's in a totally different time sphere where you would have no connection point. Um, so. And um, my last question, Christine, yeah. is any, any advice for anyone uh, listening to this, the students from Babson or whoever's listening to this? Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier, know what your core purpose is. Think about what's going to make you happy. I mean, you spend a lot of time at work, so you want to be happy. You want to be passionate about it. Um, again, think about how you can be a business partner, even if you're not in HR. I think that's the number one, you know, focus for anybody in any profession. Um, and think about how your skill sets can enable the company to be more successful, not just now, but in the future. I mean, the world is shifting so much. And part of the reason companies love hiring new grads is because of that innovative thinking they bring. Um, and that, you know, just we've never done it before. So let's try it. So yeah. bring that to the table. I think that is, you know, your value differentiator and what sets you apart. Um, also, be a champion of diversity. I think there is no shortage of diversity needs um, across any organization. Um, speak up, let us know, you know, how we can more impactfully recruit diverse talent, retain diverse talent, develop. Um, you know, it is, it is definitely not a topic that's going away and it's becoming even more critical for companies to have that inclusive um, work environment. So just bring your perspective, I think. Um, that's, I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice, Christine. I really enjoyed this podcast. This was really fun. Uh, I got to learn a lot about what's happening, trends, and just generally how things work, you know, in your profession. And honestly, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast.
This was fun. Thank you so much. And please link in with me and don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions. I am pretty active on LinkedIn and mail as well. So welcome you connecting with me and networking with me as well. So thank you awesome. for this opportunity. Sure. Thank you, Christine.